Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. This month's Neighbours episode goes a little further afield this time. From Arthur's Seat, home of the Mornington Peninsula chairlift, we bring you Annie, whose Instagram account suggests she needs absolutely no help at all from us. The photos on her post look amazing, like she might be able to teach us a thing or two. So Annie, it's great to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Thank Thank you. How did you create such a magnificent garden? It's fantastic, isn't it, Keith? Absolutely. Some the, the, from the photos that I've seen on uh, Annie's post, there they are some of the best looking gardens that I think we have here in Victoria. There's some brilliant shots, and I'm putting that up with some gardens that I'm pretty intimate with, which is uh, Heronswood, yep. the home of the Diggers Club, and also Cloud Hill. There Jeremy you go, Francis. Annie. Yes, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> they are absolutely sensational, and that's I'm not not trying to blow your trumpet or anything else. <laughs> Any, but they look brilliant. They are just oh, sensational picks. So tell thank us, you. how do you create it? Okay, so um, when we first moved there, the first summer was um, very hot and very dry, and it was a bit of an eye opener because um, we had looked at the rainfall for the area, and mm. it does receive more rainfall than um, most. Yes, mostly anywhere else. Yeah, uh, and we'd sort of thought, oh, that'd be a great place. Well, I had thought that'd be a great place to start a garden, but um, what I fell in love with was uh, the view, oh. but didn't really take into account the aspect which somebody who knew a bit more ag- about gardens probably would have done. Um, so the aspect uh, facing west, so we get the winds, afternoon sun, and that first summer in the garden, I was looking at um, dry, dead grass mm. and um, a long strip of lamandras mm-hmm. basically was the extent of the garden and a couple of proteas. So um, I knew because I was in love with the garden at Heronswood, I knew I wanted to go with perennials and I knew that I wanted um, – my idea was I want a long hot border you know with those sort of hot, hot colors yeah. and also because the garden looks so dry I felt like I wanted um some leafy things that would make me feel like it was a bit more lush so some of the original choices that I made were things like canna lilies and mm. um lazy <laughs> um, little songs <laughs> and magnolias um things with bigger leaves that yeah would make me feel like it was less dry I guess yeah Yeah, um I also knew that I needed to create a microclimate in that area that faces um west I needed Mm -hmm. to break up the wind because the first winds that hit that house we were lying in bed at night just thinking what oh, we have we done? Oh. <laughs> you know, because I remember at one of the opens, somebody's saying, oh, faces west, and me kind of going, <laughs> sort of not <laughs> clicking that yeah. that was, you know, going to be a problem for my garden. Um, yeah, so we put in, uh, oh, we got some earthwork done. There was a retaining wall there um, behind the row of lamandras, and we got large rock from. Dramana, so local. Yeah. Um, quarry, yeah. Yep. yeah, put in to, you know, retain that area rather than this sort of straight uh, retaining wall. We wanted more of to follow the 
uh, contour of the land a little bit more. Mm. Um, and I put in a hedge of um, Portuguese laurel. Mm-hmm. So just to create, it's not a formal, really formal no, hedge, but I wanted to create that windbreak and I wanted something that was going to grow fast, look lush, um, and allow me to plant behind it the perennials Things that you I wanted to, plant. wanted to grow. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that allowed, as that grew, uh, the perennial border um, widened. <laughs> and uh, I think it's pretty much a conversation that a lot of, goes on in a lot of households. One person loves lawn, mm, one yeah. person loves plants. Garden beds. And... Um, you know, you just fight little battles and each year, I, because I do all the maintenance and most of the mowing, um, I wouldn't lavish much summer attention on the grass so that I could make the point at the end of the summer, doesn't this look awful? <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> look how good the perennials are looking at the end of summer. They took less water than this. Yep. How about another garden bed? So, oh, wow. But you're creating more work for yourself. But it, yeah. you obviously that's what you want. But I enjoy the yeah. perennials yeah. and yeah. they're creative, whereas sitting on the mower, I just, yeah. you know, it's like when will this be over? And sometimes I kind of get out there and I think, oh, I want to get into the garden and look at the grass. And You've got to do grass. that first. Yeah. It takes up your that time. Person. It doesn't, mm. you know, it doesn't inspire me. No. So, okay. Um, so so this is all your baby pretty much, or your, your partner, your husband? Uh, yeah, he does, um, you know, things like the welding, the garden edging and stuff like that. Well, but um, And I do sort of ask for his input. And we do, like, we map things out. So when we went from that straight border to breaking up the spaces into rooms and... Um, going with this theme of these repeated circles with the connection, um, you know, together we laid it out with hoses and, mm. you know, painting on. And before we before we arrived at the design, we painted it, you know, probably painted five, it out pretty much. five, ten times. Um, at the end of one really bad summer, I think it was the second summer or something, um, there was a whole lot of shrubs that were looking awful so what I did was just hack them all back and then I basically arranged all of this dead shrubbery to be able to visualize what the mass of the garden bed would look like it's like I just use my prunings to imagine that garden bed and plants yeah yeah so that you could sort of see the through lines I'm it's really important to me the through lines of the garden so creating those garden rooms but also to be able to use as much color as I do you have to be looking through to see that even though you've got small blocks of color that they create a harmonious whole mm-hmm. through okay. the garden and it's taking the eye yeah. sort of further on that's yeah. amazing that's clever yeah. have you had any horticultural experience or, or training Tra- um, not experience obviously no, training no but I've been lucky to work um with uh Julie who works at she gets Heronswood mm-hmm. and has a wealth of experience. So she came oh, a few years ago now, I think maybe four or five years ago, um, and she was working with me once a week. So we work together okay. and bounce ideas off each other Fantastic. and you know, basically having that wealth of horticultural knowledge as yeah. you're working is, you know, was just, you know, 
valuable. So so valuable. And so learning by doing, I've always been somebody who learns by Mm. doing, Mm. but then, you know, going off and researching more and looking at more books and looking at more websites and, you know, just, just pulling all, all the knowledge. Yeah, it just it's like a snowball. Yeah. It just, you know, everything builds to something Fantastic. else, you know. So you've got two acres that you you've got seven acres you said when you arrived. So but yep. you've got two acres that are that are made is are made up of garden, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. What happens to the other five acres? Okay, that- so our neighbour um has sheep and cattle, so they um keep that pretty tidy for us, but oh, we're fantastic. wanting to uh, we lost a lot of trees with all of that rain that we yeah. had mm. recently. Yeah. yeah, so drought and then so much rain mm. um, and clay. Uh, we lost a lot of trees, so we're in the process of you know working out suitable trees for the area and re- regrow, re- replanting. And in some cases, they hadn't really chosen the right trees. So, okay. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about the soil. What's it like, clay? <laughs> you said clay. It. Yeah, I was. Yesterday, um, so originally when we uh, were um, extending the garden, making new beds, I would cut the grass off and dig over the soil, dig through lots of compost, do all that, but you'd still end up with clay. clay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and also because it's a slope, it's a steep. My garden is a steep slope, so anything on top. Washes away, and that's part of the reason why I've leveled areas out now, and you know, sort of tried to create areas where the water will stay mostly on the grass. I'm trying to have flatter areas of grass that will hold water Mm. and not Mm. become so dry. Mm. Um, So, yeah, um, I forgot the question. The clay. How do you deal with clay? (laughs) So obviously, the clay. You build up. You're building up above. So now, then, the way I'm dealing with it now is to uh, put down cardboard and. And build up compost and plant direct into that. Okay, so the clay um, is way down below. Yeah, hopefully. But being a slope, and there's still a bit of a slope. I'm, I haven't done excavation or anything because I haven't wanted to compact the soil mm-hmm. even further, and mm. it's a slope and access. I've wanted to do everything myself by hand, so mm. um, consequently, that layer of compost gets thinner, and then you find I'm. Finding after all the rain we had, that again, when I'm digging plants up, they've basically got 10 centimetres of flat roots sitting on clay. So I'm having areas of the garden that I'm having to kind of lift again and build up up the compost and and plant into that. And and you're terracing, obviously. Yeah, terracing, but um, not... So even the circles, they kind of, in the photographs they look fairly level, but I haven't leveled them totally because to do that, it's going to be a, a lot, lot of materials, a lot of enormous amount of cost too. Enormous amount mm. of cost, a lo- enormous amount of labour, and I'm really trying to, whilst maximising the potential of a slopey site, I'm trying to minimise the equipment and yep. impact. Mm-hmm. that I have on because everything you do creates another you know if you stop water from going here water goes there yeah. and you know it's mm-hmm. just have you had a look at swales at all using yeah, yeah yeah I have and uh, you know in some senses um when you've got that step down to another a lower part of garden um that becomes a in a, essentially yeah. Yeah. A, a swale and that's how you plant so if you've got your thirstier plants 
um, like your dahlias or um, heleniums, they'll go into that area, mm -hmm. you know, directly behind a level where they're going to get the water. Yep. And then your drier plants go on the edges of the gravel gravel paths. Can, so. Keith, can you explain just very briefly to the listeners again what a swale is? Well, where you, where you have a slope, you have, you have a, a, um, a, a horizontal line that runs across that slope that is at a cons that is it is at a level mm -hmm. so it's not running off you know one side or falling away mm -hmm. so when the water comes down it fills that up like a like it would a gutter mm -hmm. yep. and that holds the holds the moisture in there and over a period of time um, that moisture slowly percolates down through the soil yep. profile giving you a greater wetted area yep. mm -hmm. and then you can then plant into that with with plants that will you know that really like uh, that wetter soil yeah mm. okay yeah, fantastic. things like yeah the heleniums the persicarias like that sort of they like it, yeah, moist veronicastrums and yeah yeah well, Annie, after seeing some photos of the garden, my husband described it as a symphony of colour and movement. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a pretty good description, actually. You've yep. really considerately placed everything so that the shapes and colours of the garden blend so beautifully together through every single season. So you really have an artistic knack for this sort of thing, and you should be Thanks. so proud oh, of that because it's absolutely amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, is it? I know I've said, I've sort of suggested this to you before, <laughs> but is it something that you would? Because oh, it's just so beautiful. Would you show it? Would you actually invite people to see it, or you'd really just want to keep it to yourself? Um. I mean, obviously sharing it on your social media pages rather than opening it up. Is it? I mean, because oh, as Keith said, it is beautiful. It'd be comparable to any of the best. Yeah, gardens I mean, I, 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 there's there's a garden that I do follow it quite a lot, and it's in um, it's in New Zealand. Oh. Fisherman's, fisherman's yes, oh, yes, right. yes. No. We all follow that and, one. No, and, and I, I, and I say, sitting here now, that Annie's garden is as good, if not better, I laid out. Th than yes, that. yes, really absolutely. I think um, the main reason I don't can't do that yet is that it's you know to me it's not finished. And you always say that. You always say that. I know it's no? yeah, but I sort of also um, you know there are really embarrassing bits like I'm <laughs> terrible at growing <laughs> vegetables, and I feel like people would walk in and go, "She's got all this land." Like, why? What? So do you grow vegetables? Or are you saying you don't want uh, to? Because I do, I do, mm. but very badly. And <laughs> whereas I'm sort of really in tune with my perennials and what I need to do next, and I find the um, the rigour and the time schedule of getting everything done yeah, with the veggie much. garden, it shouldn't be too <laughs> it shouldn't be too much, but it's not I mean. where my heart is. And, 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 and there's a there's a bit of a difference between between what you know you've got going and what I've got going. I'm, yeah. I've got eight raised beds and two hundred square metres with with seventy fruit trees in the backyard. Yep. And and that's my passion. But I do. I design a lot of perennial gardens. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm about to head off, head off to have a look at one up in Red Hill that we're, that's being constructed at the moment, and that's a massive amount mm. of perennials going into that garden. And I have personally, I have at the front of my place um, a trial garden yeah. where I, I bring in X number of plants that I've never used before yeah. and grow them in that in that situation just to see how well they perform. Yeah. And if they don't perform, they're gone. And yesterday I just ripped the whole lot out. So yeah. I've got 150-odd plants coming today and they'll go into that and I'll trial them off. But you are doing it in, in a manner where you're seeing 
you know, so so much better those sorts of things yep. in terms of how the plants are working one with yep. another. And I just think that's a that is a God given talent. It really is. It's as good as a painter will get. It really is. <laughs> I know it's more a thing of uh, I buy um, if I think something will work. If I've researched it, if I think it will work in my garden, I sort of buy an odd number of them, so three or five, yep. um, and I'll trial them where I think they're going to work. If they don't work, I don't automatically usually give up i usually try them in another spot Mm -hmm. um because you're always sort of finding out a little bit more about your soil and you know changing the layout has changed the flow of water as um i said so i'll try it in another spot and if it doesn't work there then it goes out i find it hard to throw out plants but i'm getting better at it (laughs) um and also, if it does work, then you can go on propagating. And I think that's the main thing. Um, I've got the luxury of having a big garden, whereas if you've got a small garden, that time that you take to propagate up, you would. It, I know from having had a small garden, I'd be more impatient about that, whereas now I'm learning patience. And it doesn't have to happen this year. Mm. And I can look over the gaps or whatever, not that there are many because I stuff them full of plants and I've, Sort of, I overplant so that I can edit. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody who actually knew what they were doing, they'd know how, how many, many plants to put, how many plants yeah. to put there. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so in that that yeah. respect, yes, I'm sort of you know <laughs> I have that luxury. Where do you source these as magnificent array of plants from? Uh, I get them from uh, antique perennials and. Okay. Um, Heronswood and Botanical Treasures is a great online... Oh, I haven't heard of them. Nursery Woodbridge Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. really good. I got some nice grasses from Woodside Plants. So there's lots of... um, A variety of Lots of online. It's just, yeah. So you have a lot of online. So a lot of them are sent through the mail. A lot of them are sent through the mail. um, And that's mainly because I'm a bit lazy to get off to the garden... You haven't got time. <laughs> You're too busy in that oh, garden. You know, it'll just be like, I think, oh, I'll go to the Arrow Valley Garden Fair and oh, I'll get lots of plants. And then as it gets closer, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's oh, going to be sunny this done. weekend. I want to be in the garden. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I end up watering plants online and also sort of started doing a lot of that during COVID. It was like, how can I lose the moment? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 my yeah, plants. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, antique. Antique perennials, that's, perennials that's where I've got a load coming today. Yeah. A whole lot of, a whole lot of and new And they plants. did a really handy um, delivery <laughs> up to our area. Yeah. Fantastic. And Heronswood is nice and close too. Yeah, it's really close and lots of inspiration like right through the seasons. And they're because even though they're 10 minutes down the road from me, their soil is completely different and their aspect is much sunnier. It's just a little bit warmer. So I go down there early in the season and just kind of go why is nothing flowering in my everything but later on so their garden peaks probably about four weeks earlier than mine so oh well you can get an idea i use that as inspiration it's like in four to six weeks time this is going to happen i I might have this many flowers (laughs) absolutely fantastic um what are you currently working on and are there plans to do new things or make changes are you constantly changing because i know you're it's growing i know i've seen Mm. You've got new paths in and things. So what, what, what's your focus for the f- near future with the garden? Um, I'm moving down the paddock a bit, and that has been on the agenda for ever. Um, but because, again, because of the slope, everything's just that much harder, especially if you don't want to use 
heavy equipment and you don't mm. want to be cutting. We are our um, land is has a slip. Um, how do I explain it? Like a, an overlay, yeah. so that there's a limit to what we can do. So we have to keep it pretty soft. Mm-hmm. Okay. The landscaping. So, and also um, as you learn more and you get a bit more, I suppose, a, a, aware. I've become more conscious of wanting to um, blend into the borrowed landscape. So at the moment, my inner sanctum of garden is just this explosion of colour. But then when you look, and because I've got this hedge, it's divided off. So this spring, we're going to cut a lot back into the hedge because the plants, it's sort of a spine at the moment. There are the plants behind, which are Mediterranean style plants, Australian natives that get zero water Mm. and then there are the plants within that don't get much water but by virtue of the fact that I had to give in to some grass and that gets watered (laughs) they're sort of they get a little bit of benefit from that that. and they're also benefiting from you know being protected from the wind it really is a microclimate in there so I'm going to cut a fair bit off that hedge uh, to borrow more of the view uh, which means that that inner sanctum of really bright color is going to have to blend out to a more mediterranean oh, I like subdued that. color palette mm-hmm. sounds beautiful um so yeah and more of uh, the oh, baby blue what's i've forgotten the name of the that gum tree beautiful little blue bluey gray leaves it's right. so like a hybrid yeah. It, I don't know the name of it, but I know what you mean. I know the name. I mean, I know the, the was one. Was that Joe Ferguson's garden? She had it along her shed. And I'm, I, don't I don't know. know but I, name. Ah, I don't know. Anyway, so anyway, more gorgeous. more natives and trying to go more into that um, bluer, grayer mm-hmm. palette that will blend more into the gum Your trees. Your gum trees, the, which are gorgeous, because you've got some massively Massive gum trees, which are yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I've got the arborist there today. I don't even want oh. to think. <laughs> we had to, yeah. We've, we've lost a lot of trees since we've been mm. there, but um, yeah, we're just. She's got some very old gum trees there, which are gorgeous. Yeah, and yeah. some, and we've got two very old banksias on the hill, um, which yeah, generally don't do that well in clay, but I guess because it's a slope, they're they're hanging on, and they yeah. are really old. And so I'm working around those, and that's another reason why I don't want to do the earthwork or anything that might upset their yeah, roots. Their root system, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's very much this swale idea that you were talking about yeah it's very much trying to um gently go down the slope use plants that are going to hold the slope together Mm -hmm. and also fit more into the borrowed landscape fantastic (laughs) and i noticed that you um from your photographs you your pathways are all covered with um hillview granitic sand which is a fabulous medium yeah yeah um and it it, it's it's a gives a lovely organic feel about you know Mm. the the landscape but it's also a fabulous mulch, mm. you know, for you know, for the soil as well. Yeah, know, well, that's another way. Helps another thing that helps with the drainage is um, I sort of use the drainage gravel along the edges of the path. Mm-hmm. So I start with drainage gravel, um, and that goes into the side of the garden beds, which means that I can plant some of those um, some bulbs that like less water that would rot if they were going mm-hmm. into my clay mm. so that allows me to plant some of those you know more mediterranean plants along the the borders um by building it up with the drainage gravel and then putting the hillview sand on top down the middle so it kind of blends out 
and manages the water yep. situation a bit. So I was really lucky, like, with all of that rain that we had. You never had um, that much wash. I didn't lose any plants. The only thing was being mindful of that. I had to water a bit more than I would normally as the rain, because we had five weeks when it didn't rain mm. after having had all that rain. Mm. So you can't expect the plants to go from that to that. They're going to... Happily, no. They're going to die. So yep. the garden got more water in summer than it ever has before because I didn't want to suddenly lose half mm. of my garden. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> a lot, it's a massive thought process, isn't it, the whole thing? I yeah. Can tell I by mean, the way you're talking about the, the, you know, the different types of gravel that you use and all that, I mean, it's just yeah, so sorry, much... it's probably a bit boring. <laughs> no, 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 no. But but there's like, so much thought that needs to go into it, especially with, all, with, with the aspect that you're, you said you, you know, you're dealing yeah. with all of those things and the drought and the rain and everything. It, it, it is, it's a job. It's a yeah. job. How is it your full-time yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Every day? Much. Yeah, every day out there. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so. <laughs> and you you obviously got a mulcher? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, do a lot of um, a lot of our own mulching. Um, you still always have a burn pile. You know, there's stuff that you don't yeah. want to put through the mulcher and um, lots of lots of composting. Um, yeah, make make a lot of our own compost, but I've never managed to make as much as I need. And you never will. <laughs> to keep building up, you know, yeah. that, that clay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we won't need to use too much, given that I'm going to use um, natives out the back. Yep. So, yeah. Mm, that's fantastic. Brilliant. Well, hopefully we'll get to see it. Oh, you know, for ourselves right now. one day. Right now it's a bit dodgy. Oh, it is dot. <laughs> Lost, uh, I, I you looked at my garden and said it looks good, which it doesn't. And oh, I look no. at yours and think, oh, well, we both have. So it's fantastic. We are so impressed. And it's so lovely that you could come and oh, share thanks. a bit of it with us today. It's been <laughs> it's lovely that you're interested. No, no, it's, it's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, I think our listeners are obviously going to want to uh, actually see some of this stunning garden now so the best way to do that is by following annie on instagram at annemarie.winter and annemarie is with a double e so thank you very much annie (laughs) thank you thank you for listening to muddy boots for more information on today's podcast please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening